Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Candidate filing is open. And so these discussions that we're going to have now about the November election, yeah, it, they're going to become more frequent. It, it's going to happen because now it's going to now it's starting to matter. Right. We're we're approaching the new year. And after the new year begins, now we have the Iowa caucus, the New Hampshire primary, South Carolina primary. Right. So th- these are all the things that are that are coming in pretty you know, a uh, short succession. So yeah, people are going to be deciding who they want to be the standard bearer to go up against Joe Biden. And um, I'm, you know, I, I feel it's important to have the conversations uh, to go through the candidates. I'm not trying to convince people to go vote for anybody. I don't know what North Carolina is going to look like by the time it comes to us. South Carolina goes early, so you guys are going to have to make your own minds up earlier than uh, we in North Carolina have the luxury of doing. And I get that. Um, And a lot of people have already made up their minds. But here's the thing, you know, like I don't, um, I'm happy to have people, I know a lot of my friends, a lot of my coworkers and colleagues and uh, business associates, family members, they, they, they're are pro-Trump. I don't look down on anybody who's pro-Trump. You could be hardcore Donald Trump supporters. Totally fine by me. Um, you can try to convince people to go over him, too. That's fine by me. Um, once again, all I request is that you don't gaslight. You don't whiz on my boots and tell me it's raining. Don't tell me, because, again, I I follow this stuff pretty closely I got a pretty good understanding of current events, <laughs> recent past events, you know, pretty good understanding of it. I watched it all happen. Um, and so I, I bristle at, at, at efforts to tell me things that I know are not true. I'm not going to say lying because I know people who, uh, who really believe, just like the earlier caller in the first hour, Mike, um, you know, Mike really believes that electing Donald Trump would be a Threat to the democracy. Mike is a longtime uh, Democrat, and this is what he believes to be true. Even when I asked him, you know, well, if he's a true threat to democracy, he's a tyrant, he's authoritarian, you're worried about putting him into the White House again because, like I've heard people say, oh, he won't leave. Well, if that were the case, he would not have left the first time, Right. Why did he leave? And his and Mike's answer was, well, he was surrounded by people that, you know, I, I guess what convinced him to leave. Which I'm kind of unclear how that happens. How do people like, no, really, Don, you need to leave. Donald, you need to, Mr. President, you need to leave. Like, and then he's, oh, okay, you know what? I wasn't going to, but then Mark Meadows told me I should, so I did. Like, really, how did that, how did that unfold? You know, he didn't, he did not, uh, he did not remain in power. He did not 
you know, like call out the the military and you know prevent uh, uh, Biden from t- from uh, coming into the White House. Like, none of that happened, and that was what the left and the media. But I repeat myself, that's what they told us was going to happen. Oh, but Pete, January sixth. Yep, January sixth. I, I I thought Donald Trump, at the very least, not helpful, not helpful to what we witnessed, the rioting, not at all. I do have some questions, though, about the videos that are now surfacing that uh, folks like uh, Nick Searcy, international film and television star, award-winning, um, you know, he did a movie, um, Capital Punishment, looking at a lot of the video and talking to a lot of the people that were there who are now being charged with things, been sentenced for things when they were simply on the grounds and committed no acts of violence. I see videos now surfacing of people being waved into the Capitol complex by U.S. Capitol Police. I have some questions about that. There were people around Donald Trump advising him about this idea about the, uh, you know, Pence not certifying the election and all of that. Right. There were people advising him that that was legit. And Donald Trump, not being a constitutional scholar, would not know he would have to rely on on advice from lawyers and experts. And there's disagreement. What was the old joke Ronald Reagan made about trying to find a one-armed economist? Because they always talk about, on the one hand, X, but on the other hand, Y. <laughs> so it would like a, one, a one-armed economist, so you can't go onto the other hand. Um, I just, I, you know, I, I grow weary of the, the attacks that Trump is a tyrant when I saw, I lived through, I reported on Trump's governing when he was president. And if he didn't do the most egregious, tyrannical things during COVID that we saw governors do, right? Donald Trump could have, he could have reached for way more power. But what did he do? And you could say he did, he, he did this because he didn't want to uh, take any responsibility or ownership of the problem or the response or whatever. Okay, fine. But... The fact remains that he sent that that down to the states, right? He left it to the states to decide how they wanted to respond. Now, his CDC and he being a part of the administration, obviously, he would get up there and do the press conferences. And he relied on Fauci, a.k.a. the science, Dr. Deborah Burks, right? He relied on all of them and he followed their guidance and he promoted that stuff. He attacked Ron DeSantis. There's another dishonest thing that somebody asked about. Oh, what about the dishonest? Trump? Well, yeah. Trump is now saying that DeSantis was essentially a lockdown governor, and that's that's a lie. It's not true. It's just not true. DeSantis was getting all sorts of grief from Trump, his administration, but also Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, because he bucked that trend, because he fought back against that, right? Um, so I remember that, but Trump could have done way more egregious things. He also could have been better. More freedom focused, like, you know, banning any kinds of uh, vaccine mandates or whatever, you know, beforehand. But he, he didn't do that either. Um, he touted the vaccines. And then, of course, you know, Biden gets in and vaccine mandates get rolled out. So, I mean, this is, people are complex, right? They're, 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 they're a black, they're a white, there are grays. They're all of the, there are all these different shades to people. So... When they say, oh, he's, uh, you know, he's a tyrant, authoritarian, whatever, it's like, 
He did not act outside of the bounds of the law while president, despite the 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 impeachment or impeachments. Right. He should not have been impeached. That was a complete garbage charge with the Ukraine phone call. I said it then. I continue to maintain it now. That's that that's international diplomacy. Oh, you want a meeting? Hey, do me a favor, look into this corruption. Find out what, what was actually going on over there. Where do we where do we stand on this? Biden did the same thing, right? Biden went over to the Ukraine and told them, hey, what about this corruption? Didn't he? Right? He bragged about it. Anyway, speaking of Biden, a group of White House interns has joined the growing list of administration officials, which I quibble with the word officials. You're an intern. Okay, please. You're not an official. <laughs> but is it, the interns now uh, have joined a growing list of administration officials applying internal pressure to President Joe Biden to call for a permanent ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, sending him a letter late yesterday that accuses Biden of having ignored the pleas of the American people. The letter, first shared with NBC News and addressed to Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Kamala? 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 I don't want to get attacked by Gavin Newsom. You call her Kamala or Kamala. I, I need to find out. I forget. It's one of those things. You ever write the word out, any word, you write a word out and you look at it and you're like, that doesn't look right. No, that's right. No, that doesn't look right. Is it potato with an E? Potato? No, that doesn't look right. No, it is right. And you look for the little red squiggle line to see if the autocorrect <laughs> tells you that it's wrong or right. That's what I'm like with Kamala Harris. I, like Whenever I say the name, I think, oh, I've said it wrong. Wait, did I say it wrong? No, no, that's right. And then I doubt myself. Mark, let's go over to the phones here. Mark, welcome Hello, to the program. Pete. Yo. Good to hear from you, Pete. No, good to hear from you, Mark. How are you doing? <laughs> Getting over some vertigo. How about you? Oh, anyway. man. Is this like a recurring yeah. thing? Uh, but maybe the sixth time it's happened over the years. Oh, so, do you do the Epley maneuver? Eight, eight day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, we're, we're getting there. Good. But, okay, good. Hydrate, man. Uh, Hydrate. Lots of water. Yeah, I'm trying to, but my bladder doesn't. Well, never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Trump's comment about I want to be a dictator for a day or however he phrased it. Yeah. The, the thing that he did is what he often does accidentally, which is reveal a very honest truth about our government. Mm-hmm. And if you'll go back to the Clinton administration, I want to say it was Leon Panetta. It may not have been, but someone made the comment, hey, stroke of a pen, law of the land, kind of cool, talking about executive orders. Mm-hmm. Well, if there's an operational definition of what a dictator is, that's it. Mm, yeah, the executive. You and I have talked about this over the years. The executive order is the biggest problem. This is why I was a Rand Paul guy in 2016 because like, he was the only one that was talking about restraining the executive branch specifically through these executive orders. They're just making up law, and everybody has been doing it, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. 
Well, and not only that, let's look at the at the legislative branch. They'll pass a law, then they'll turn it over to yeah. the executive branch, you know, whether it's the EPA or, you know, Pete Buttigieg or whomever, and they say, well, you figure it out. So they come up and they make all these rules. I can't vote for these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are, I mean, these bureaucrats that are making these laws, I mean, how's that legal? Right. So I mean, the- what sort of system have we devolved to where the legislature turns over their rulemaking authority to a bunch of unelected bureaucrats in the executive branch. So this is crazy. Chevron, right? The Chevron decision. Okay. Right. That's where this all. That, that's where this goes. And hopefully, the Supreme Court gets at this, uh, which I believe they're taking something up that could that, that could um, overturn the Chevron decision, which was basically turning over the rulemaking authority uh, and this deference to administrative agencies to craft uh, the rules. Uh, or, or to craft basically law because the legislature doesn't write the law, right? They'll ju- just like we saw with Obamacare, right? The Health and Human, Secret- right. Uh, Health and Human Services Secretary shall do this or whatever. And it was in the bill like a billion times or whatever. And that's that's legislating. And they just turned it over. They just offloaded the responsibility into the executive branch. And it's a real problem. And it's based on that Chevron case. Well, and I don't know if this would have any effect on, like, the EPA and mm-hmm. um, uh, the Department of Transportation as far as, like, fuel mileage requirements for automobiles. Mm-hmm. I mean, where does the bureaucracy get the authority? Or Joe Biden saying, I'm going to sign an executive order that says every car, ha- car ca- company has to average 55 miles a gallon. Mm-hmm. Well, where they, is that in the con- you know, they have to it, they have to regulate the They have to mandate the 55 miles per gallon or else uh, the democracy dies. Mark, that's. Oh, I thought I thought maybe seals. No, wait. That's, well, that too. No, that too. It could be both. Really hopping in the wayback machine. Yeah, huh? yeah. That's right. Why you choose? Know, we we don't have to choose, Mark. It can be both. It could be both. Okay. So, all right. Okay. <laughs> seals and the democracy. All right, Mark. Good to hear from you, man. All right. <laughs> Take Bye-bye. it easy. All right. It could be all of the above and the Earth, the democracy, baby seals, and the entire planet. Um. All right. So I, I was talking about this story. They said NBC News. They obtained a letter exclusively from White House officials, administration officials, attempting to apply internal pressure to President Joe Biden to call for a permanent ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. They sent him a letter late yesterday accusing him of having ignored the pleas of the American people. The letter first shared with NBC News and addressed to Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris is supported by more than 40 interns who work in the White House and other executive branch offices. 40 interns. This changes everything. I didn't know that the interns could band together and write a letter. Seriously. No, I didn't. I would not have pegged this intern generation to be able to craft a letter. So let's give it up for this particular crop of the, are these, uh, are these, are these Zoomers? Gen, Gen Z's? Right? I guess they're Gen Z. I would assume interns, probably pretty young in their 20s, right? So that's Gen Z, right? I think so. They're not the Gen A's. Um, I think they're younger, the Gen A. Mm, Yeah, so this changes everything. 40 interns in the White House and and, and other offices, but they are uh, accusing the administration 
of ignoring their pleas and uh, the pleas of the American people, uh, which is, I got to tell you, look, I know this is like generational warfare kind of stuff here. I am Gen X, the first of the uh, the lettered uh, generations, and um, the coolest letter, Gen X. Anyway, back in my day, I'm old enough to remember when White House interns knew how to get a president's attention. For real. Like, it was big news. In my day, White House interns, they knew. I don't know what these interns are doing to get ignored by the president. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm just, just saying. In the letter, they say, we... The undersigned will no longer remain silent on the ongoing genocide of the Palestinian people. The writers, like those at other agencies who have sent similar missives in recent weeks, declined to sign their... Really? Okay. Hang on a second. You cannot call yourselves the undersigned when you don't sign. That's That's kind of how that works. You sign... And then you say the undersigned. We signed it underneath the body of the letter here. That's why you call it the undersigned. You don't get to remain anonymous. It's like so courageous, so brave. These Gen Zs, that, that, that they won't even put their names on it. Why? Why would they not put their names on it? Can, can you guess? Yeah, they're afraid that they may suffer repercussions <laughs> for signing the letter. So in other words, you know this position you're taking is not popular, could cost you work, could cost you appointments and jobs and all this stuff. So your courageous stand for the Palestinian people, you do it anonymously. So this way you personally don't suffer any kind of negative ramifications for your actions. This reminds me of the die-in protests. You've seen these. These idiots do die-ins because sitting in is like too much effort. So they're just going to lay down. Like you can't even, I'm not even going to sit because like I got to keep like part of my body, half of my body has to remain upright. Ugh. So how about this? How about we just lay down on the ground? Just lay down and we'll just call it a die-in. Instead of a sit-in, it's a die-in. It is literally the least you can do to protest something. Literally. The least you can, you're not, you're not expending any energy as part of your protest. And don't tell me, oh, but Pete, then you have to stand up again. No, protest is over at that point, right? Because it's a die-in. And, and, and dead people don't stand up unless you're that guy in, in Pallywood, the guy that's on all of the Hamas videos. And he plays like 70 different roles and he keeps appearing in all these different videos. First, he's a victim, then he's a lawyer, then he's a reporter, then he's a, a groom, then he, like, he's all these different characters. They keep putting out this video with the same guy. I'm like, unless you're that guy. No, the dead don't stand up and walk again. So, well, yes, of course, except for the the zombie shows. But aside from that, you're doing a die-in. You're laying down on the ground. The protest ends as soon as you stand up. It is literally the least amount of effort you can expend to protest something. Even people sitting at home typing something uh, on Twitter are, are expending more energy to, uh, uh, to protest. Even they're doing more than you are. 
Last month, more than 500 political appointees sent Biden a similar letter. They also declined to make their names public. In the three weeks since then, Israel paused its offensive to allow for exchanges of prisoners and some of the hostages taken by Hamas and then relaunched its assaults when talks over further releases broke down. Biden on Tuesday blamed Hamas for the end of the temporary ceasefire, pointing to the group's refusal to release young women that it is holding. Oh, and also NBC doesn't mention this, but also Hamas violated the ceasefire, right? A couple of their guys went and murdered a bunch of Jews at a bus stop. They started throwing a whole bunch more rockets into Israel. So aside from violating the ceasefire, yeah, Israel, yeah, Israel then, you know, uh, relaunched its assaults because Hamas also isn't going to turn over some of the women and the Biden administration speculated that uh, the reason why was because they didn't want the women coming out and talking about all of the abuses that they've been suffering. Oh, by the way, here's a, a tidbit. Apparently Hamas drugged the um, the hostages just before releasing them. So this way they would be docile and compliant and appear to be kind of happy, quote unquote. Which, of course, then the Hamas apologists or Hamasalists, we can shorten this. We can hybrid this word. I'm going to work on it. Hamas apology. Hamas apology. Anyway, um, and you know how, by the way, just as a side note, I know I'm down a rabbit hole, but do you know how much restraint I have shown in not pronouncing it in a different way besides Hamas? Because I could pronounce that a different way. And I'd be walking up along the line of the FCC violations. I'm just saying, I think I have shown incredible restraint over the last seven weeks. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply. At CarolinaReadiness.com, whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out the uh, current white house interns would get more of the attention um, from uh, the president if they were children the current guy is less about the cigars and more about the sniffing says russ on twitter yes uh, thank you and uh jan asked uh did you just make a monica Lewinsky joke well there goes my desire for an afternoon cigar you're welcome. I'm, I see. I'm. I care about your health. Sherry says, "Why are so many doofus people?" Well, you just answered your question right there. Um, <laughs> why are so many doofus people asking for dementia Joe to call for a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas? It's not our war. So even if he did ask for one, wouldn't Israel and/or Hamas just tell him to shove it? I guess I just don't understand why they keep harping on it. Maybe they think the U.S. shouldn't support them with money which I agree with, but that seems like the only thing he could do, or am I wrong? Um, no, I mean, that that's it. They they want, um, the, the demand for a ceasefire is, you, you, maybe you've seen this term, the bear hug. Like, the hug 
of the allies. Like, oh, you're my friend. Let's hug it out. And then it's like, oh, it's more than a hug. Like, oh, my gosh, you're like, you're crushing me, you know? And that's what they want Biden to do to Israel, to just keep squeezing and squeezing and crushing in order to stop them from acting. Um, that's why they're applying this pressure. John says, I don't believe the president and vice president can be from the same state. Remember, Dick Cheney moved to Texas from uh, uh, from Texas to Wyoming like a month before he self-picked himself to be Bush's vice president. Um, right. And that might uh, that might also pose a problem for a DeSantis Trump ticket, but also a Newsom Harris ticket, that kind of thing. These interns wrote this letter. There were like 40 of them, but they were too cowardly to sign their names. They were urging, uh, they said the administration, they, they, they want to, uh, the administration to call for a ceasefire. The administration su- expressed support for the humanitarian pause. But we maintain that anything other than a complete halt of Israel's mass slaughter of innocent civilians in the Gaza Strip will simply not suffice. So, good news, unsigned cowards. Good news, interns. The Israelis are flooding the tunnels. Yeah. Look, I don't want to say that the IDF listens to my program. But what other explanation is there? Right? Because I recommended this very approach like six weeks ago. I said, hey, you got all these tunnels. You're right there on the sea, on the Mediterranean Sea. So why don't you just like blow open one of the tunnels and like right next to the water and then just all the water would just kind of flow in. Now, the Israelis are doing it a little bit differently, but I'm still going to take credit for the idea. Uh, they've got some pumps going. They've got some tubes and piping and stuff, and they've got a, uh, they're, they're pumping the water in. Jeff Goodson from Real Clear Defense, he's a foreign uh, or U.S. Foreign Services officer, uh, retired now. He says the open source maps show at least 11 independent tunnel networks, some nearly adjacent to the sea. The number of independent networks, however, could far exceed that. Hamas claims the total length of the tunnels is about 300 miles. The geography of Gaza argues strongly for the stratagem of flooding the tunnels. It would force the enemy above ground where they can more easily be destroyed. That would dramatically reduce the Israeli casualties, but also it would protect the innocent Palestinians, right? You clear them out of the area, you flood the tunnels, and you only need like two or three feet of water. And then some of the tunnels start collapsing. Hamas has to come above ground, and then you can engage with them directly right there. So this is like a win-win. You're welcome. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.